outdo one another in showing honor. Romans 12.10. You're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast devoted to equipping the members of Emmaus Road Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, to making and multiplying disciples of Jesus Christ. I'm Ryan Chase. I'm one of the elders at Emmaus Road, and we've been talking about the one another commands of the New Testament in this season of Make and Multiply. Romans 12.10 gives this one another commandment, uh, and the way that it's worded, at least in the ESV and several other translations, is a command to outdo one another, which taken by itself could sound like a recipe for a competitive, cutthroat church culture. Outdo one another. Outdo one another in what? In reality, faithfulness to this command cultivates a community unlike any other on earth. Outdo one another in what? When you open the rules of any game, uh, one of the first things in the rules is the object of the game. In Uno, you're trying to get rid of all your cards. If you're playing the card game War, you're trying to get all the cards. Uh, In most sports, you want a high score, but in golf, you want a low score. Negative is positive. So when Paul says outdo one another, what's the object here? Outdo one another in showing honor, he says in Romans 12.10. The verb translated outdo is actually difficult. There's not a a clean one-to-one correlation from the Greek to the English. Other translations uh, deal with the verse this way. NIV says, honor one another above yourselves. The New King James says, in honor, giving preference to one another or give preference to one another in honor. Um, I like the translation that says, take the lead in honoring one another. Take the lead in honoring others. And there's an ironic twist there. If you think about a leaderboard, uh, usually the names at the top of the leaderboard are the ones who are honored. The question is, which leaderboard really matters? If you imagine a leaderboard for all kinds of categories, you, you could have a leaderboard of the richest in the world, the smartest in the world, the strongest, the most attractive. God says the leaderboard that really matters is showing honor to others. Take the lead or outdo one another in showing honor. That that implies a proactive intentionality. You're actively looking for ways to honor and esteem and recognize your brothers and sisters in Christ. So what exactly is honor? Honor is an outward visible, observable expression of respect and regard. It comes out in our words, it comes out in our deeds, and it comes out from the heart. So it's it's both of those things together. It's not an attitude only, uh, but it is an attitude of the heart, of respect and regard, as well as the outward expression of that attitude. Uh, someone has defined etiquette as love in the trifles, expressing love in the little things of life. And honor is just like that. How do you honor someone? Well, it's not just by feeling respect deep down in your heart, but it's honor is shown. It's demonstrated by what you say and you do. So why do we stand when a bride walks down the aisle? Or why do subjects bow in the presence of the king? Because honor is shown, not just felt. So think about how observable the opposite is. Uh, Disrespect. You can see disrespect in eye rolling and you can hear it in a snippy, sarcastic response. You can can observe it in a complaining 
uh, belittling talk when, when you, you're tearing someone down with words instead of honoring them. So, so honor is the exact opposite of all of that. It speaks highly of someone. It responds politely. Uh, honor says thank you. Honor gives compliments. Honor expresses um, regard for someone else. In fact, the Hebrew word that means honor is translated honor uh, has this sense of uh heavy weightiness. So so the concept of honor is related to this idea of heaviness. And if those two ideas seem unrelated, uh, just think about uh, the word we use in English, borrowing from the Latin uh, gravitas. Someone who has gravitas has a dignity and a serious about a seriousness about them. Um, they're not light, flippant, flamboyant. Um, there's a seriousness and, and such people are honorable, noble. So that's what what honor is. And the book of Proverbs actually has a ton to say about honor. It's listed along with rewards like riches and life and wealth as a blessing that God lavishes on those who trust him and those who fear him. So a, a summary verse, Proverbs three sixteen says regarding wisdom, long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. And that's restated in several similar ways in Proverbs 8 and Proverbs 21 and Proverbs 22 over and over again. Um, honor is presented side by side with the blessings of life and righteousness and riches. It, it's a good thing. It's a desirable thing uh, to have. Clearly, um, the honor that we show to each other does not rise anywhere near the level of reverence and worship and honor that God alone deserves. But just think about the fact that uh, honor is present in the sevenfold tribute in Revelation 5.12, worthy is the lamb who is slain to receive seven things, power, wealth, wisdom, might, and honor and glory and blessing. And then there's that threefold tribute in Revelation 4.11, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. So uh, honor is listed along with all of these other things, wisdom, might, power, blessing, uh, wealth. The point is, honor is desirable. It's meaningful. It's, it's no empty, trivial uh, attitude. Riches really are something. Glory and power really are something meaningful, significant. Honor is something weighty. And overwhelmingly in the book of Proverbs, humility is the most frequently... Um, given prerequisite to honor. Let me just give you a few of these. Proverbs 13, 18 says, Poverty and disgrace come to him who ignores instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is honored. So if you want to be honored, heed reproof, take correction. Proverbs 15, 33, The fear of the Lord is instruction and wisdom and humility comes before honor. Proverbs 18, 12 says the same thing. Humility comes before honor. Honor Proverbs twenty two four the reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life Proverbs twenty nine twenty three uh, one's pride will bring him low but he who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor and the New Testament says the same thing First Peter five James talks this way as well humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you honor you it's so honor is a desirable thing, and honor comes to those who humble themselves. Proverbs has warnings as well that it's both inappropriate and dangerous to honor fools. Proverbs 26.1, like snow 
in summer or rain in harvest. So honor is not fitting for a fool. It's just out of season. It's, it's inappropriate. It's, it's not fitting. So then the question is, whom should we honor? Who is deserving of honor? Uh, showing honor to certain people is certainly not unique to Christianity. Even pagans honor the wealthy the beautiful, the strong, the talented, the elite, the privileged in society. Uh, it doesn't require any kind of new birth or power of the spirit to honor such people. Mere flesh and blood can honor and recognize and esteem those who impress us. So think of all of the, the yearbook categories, those yearbook superlatives like the best all around, the cutest couple, the life of the party. Uh, the honored in society tend to be the important people princes, the nobles. That's how uh, Isaiah 23, 8 speaks of the honored in society. Psalm 149 speaks that way. Uh, Sometimes people earn honor or renown through great feats and accomplishments. In 2 Samuel 23, Abishai was the the chief of the 30, David's mighty men. And uh, verse 19 says he was the most renowned. He was the most honored of the 30. He became their commander. Um, And he's honored because of what he has done, heroic deeds that he's done. So it doesn't require the life of the spirit in a person or new birth to honor certain people for certain things. But the spirit of God through the word of God does recalibrate our new hearts, part of regeneration. We have new hearts with new desires and God's word recalibrates and realigns what we value and what we honor. It changes what we consider honorable, and it even calls us to show honor to some who are difficult to honor. That requires the life of the Spirit in you. Uh, Honor in Scripture, you you could think about it as 360 degree honor. Uh, We are called to honor those above us. We are also called in other places to honor those beside us, to show honor to equals, as well as to uh, those below us. So honoring those above you. The, the Bible does not paint a flat, monochromatic picture of the world. It's not egalitarian. It doesn't flatten people uh, all into one level and pretend we're all, all the same. Scripture speaks of authority and submission. It speaks of superiors and subordinates. And so Romans 13, 7 says, pay to all what is owed to them. Pay taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom Respect is owed. Honor to whom honor is owed. So some people uh, deserve our honor. We owe it to them, whether we feel like giving it or not. It doesn't start with, do you feel inclined to honor this person? Uh, Some people deserve our honor. So who are those people? Well, the fifth commandment tells us we are commanded to honor our father and mother. And the outworking of that commandment extends to superiors in other areas of life. Uh, Anyone who's over us in age or gifting uh, to superiors over us, whether it's in the home or in the church or in the state, at our place of work. Uh, Listen to question 127 in the Westminster Larger Catechism. It, It asks this, what is the honor that inferiors owe to their superiors? And it gives this brilliant answer. The honor which inferiors owe to their superiors is all due reverence in heart, word, and behavior. 
prayer and thanksgiving for them, imitation of their virtues and graces, willing obedience to their lawful commands and counsels, due submission to their corrections, fidelity to defense and maintenance of their persons and authority, according to their several ranks and the nature of their places, bearing with their infirmities and covering them in love so that they may be in honor to them and to their government. What a a thorough robust picture of what it means to honor those who are above us. Again, uh, just take the fifth commandment to honor father and mother. The command is not, children, honor your father and mother if they seem to you to be honorable. This is honor that is commanded of us, and so it's right to treat with respect and regard those who are over us. Uh, But Christians are also commanded to honor those around us. God calls us to honor one another. And so there's a a kind of mutual honor between equals. Uh, Philippians 2, 29 through 30 shows us, though, how the gospel reframes what we find honorable. So Paul commands the Philippian church, receive Epaphroditus in the Lord with all joy and honor such men. He holds Epaphroditus up as an example and says, honor men like this, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. So here's a man who risked his life for the sake of the gospel. Paul says, honor men like that who uh, demonstrate their conviction, their faithfulness, their dependability, uh, their courage for the sake of the gospel. That's honorable. Uh, That stands out as a different category than what the world honors. Uh, Likewise, 1 Corinthians 16, Paul says, I rejoice at the the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicus because they have made up for your absence, for they refreshed my spirit as well as yours. Give recognition to such people. So again, he holds up some specific people by name who refreshed his spirit, and he says people like that People who excel at edifying others in the church recognize people like that. Pay attention to that. uh, Hold them up for others to see so that others can learn from that example. So this means recognizing, giving recognition to people in the church is not um, some, it doesn't have to be an idolatrous thing. Uh, false humility would say we should never recognize anyone, uh, but scripture actually gives us gospel categories and changes what it is that we honor, what we find honorable. Again, going back to the Westminster Catechism, question 131 asks, what are the duties of equals? And it gives the answer, uh, the duties of equals are to regard the dignity and worth of each other in giving honor to go one before another and to rejoice in each other's gifts and advancement as their own. That's exactly what Philippians 2 calls us to do. Nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. I love how Westminster says that giving honor to others, rejoicing in their gifts, their advancements, their success and achievements as though they were my own. That, that's what it means to uh, honor those around us. And I, I, it reminds me of a quote from C.S. Lewis in The Weight of Glory when he says, uh, he, he describes our relationships with each other like this. He says, it's a serious thing to live in a society of possible gods and goddesses, little g. To remember that the dullest, most uninteresting person you can talk to 
may one day be a creature which, if you saw it now, you would be strongly tempted to worship, or else a horror and a corruption such as you now meet, if at all, only in a nightmare. All day long we are, in some degree, helping each other to one or the other of these destinations. It's in the light of these overwhelming possibilities. It is with the awe and the circumspection proper to them that we should conduct all of our dealings with one another. All friendships, all loves, all play, all politics, there are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, these are mortal. And their life is to ours as the life of a gnat, but it is immortals whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit. Immortal horrors or everlasting splendors. This does not mean that we are to be perpetually solemn. We must play, but our merriment must be of that kind. And it is, in fact, the merriest kind which exists between people who have, from the outset, taken each other seriously. No flippancy, no superiority, no presumption. End quote. I love that statement from C.S. Lewis. People who take each other seriously. That is what produces the merriest, the, the most joyful uh, and glad-hearted kind of community. That's what it means to honor one another, to take the lead in honoring one another. And then scripture calls us to honor those who may be uh, below us. 1 Corinthians 12, when Paul is giving the analogy of the body of Christ with many parts and uh, that no part can survive without the other parts, uh, he, he addresses this attitude that exists in some people, this idea that they don't need others. He says in verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are actually indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God himself has so composed the body giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Again, Paul is um, drawing into this uh, metaphor of the body of Christ, a, a culture of mutual honor mutual care, regard for one another. And so there are parts that might think highly of themselves and think they have no need for others. And Paul reminds us um, every part is there as an indispensable part, so ordered, so arranged by God himself to a particular end that there may be no division in the body. And Paul uses this analogy of the body to, and, and modesty to talk about, you know, there are parts of your body you don't cover up, um, your, your eyes, your face, your hair, those part, parts don't need any dressing up. And then there are other parts that you take great care to uh, cover up and, and treat with modesty. And so knowing the different parts and what they require uh, determines how you honor them. Some are don't need anything else and some do. And so uh, there has to be an awareness and a care in the way that we relate to each other. 
And in 1 Peter 3, 7, uh, Peter gives this command to husbands. He says, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Now, moderns, so-called progressives, get hung up on that phrase, weaker vessel. How dare Peter refer to the woman as the weaker vessel? Uh, But I would maintain that a society where men no longer hold doors open for women has not really made any sort of real progress. Uh, Those courtesies like holding a door open uh, husbands for for your wife, opening the car door for her. Those are not meaningless, insignificant trivialities. Those are uh, practical expressions of honor. Recognize that God has made us different, uh, and God has called us husbands to honor our wives and to lead our children in honoring their mother. So. Honor should be practical, and it should be public. It should be visible and observable. There there are lots of ways that that can manifest in a church culture, but all of our relating to one another should be characterized, marked by this mutual honor and care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together for the glory of God. Thanks for listening to Make and Multiply. If you have questions about anything related to discipleship huddles, missional communities, or gospel fluency, please email me at ryan at emmausroadsf.com. And if you're not currently part of a huddle or MC, let me know and I would love to help you get connected.